Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Have you ever wondered why, to some people, the Bible can be full of sweetness and satisfaction, even encouragement, while to others it can be quite the opposite? It may seem harsh, demanding, or maybe just boring. Even within a single person, it can be at one moment the former and in another moment the latter. What changes? Well, God's Word is eternally the same, and it is His very breath. But whether we experience it as life or death altogether depends on us. If you've ever struggled to enter into the richness and sweetness of God's Word, please don't miss this classic presentation on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Joining us today for a program that I pray would be very full of practical help and spiritual light is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back to our broadcast. I'm happy to be here today, especially for this particular line of fellowship. I'm looking forward to it very much. Well, Ron, I think all believers have struggled with this matter at one time or another in their Christian life. Uh, maybe the Bible was very living, very sweet when we first got saved. But then something seems to have changed and we just can't seem to get the same burst of spiritual energy or nourishment from simply reading and studying. This is probably very common to most believers, isn't it, Ron? I believe it is. It's hard to generalize with confidence, but from study and observation and talking with fellow believers, it seems fairly common to at least have a phase like this. And it doesn't have to be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. And the reason it is this way does not lie with the Word of God itself, but with our situation or our condition when we uh, come to the Word. We really need to come with a pure heart, seeking the Lord, loving Him. We need to come with a heart turned to the Lord, open to him. So we need to consider just what is happening in us and to us as we read the Word. And what is the Word to us in our experience? Is it merely the letter that actually kills? Or is it light and life and spirit and food to us? And sure, we all want it to be the latter. And that's why I believe this message is particularly significant and altogether practical. Well, I think it's best if we just get to it. Let's join Witness Lee now with our first portion of fellowship today. I must stress these two points. Number one, we must consider the law, not only regulations, commandments given by God, but also the Word as the bread of God. These are the words out of the mouth of God. Then the second is that we must be a loving seeker of God. If we don't realize that the law is the word, the breath of God, and we are not 
a seeker of God, regardless how many times you read the law, the law is the law and you are you. The law would not work anything in you. In other words, there will be no function. When we say the function of the law as the living word of God, or the function of the Bible, actually this function is just the working of God. Because according to the Bible, the word of God is one with God. This is the biggest problem of today's Jews in reading the Old Testament. And this is also the biggest problem with today's Christians in reading the entire Bible. They read it, even they study it, but they keep the Word of God separate from God. In other words, they study the Bible, but they don't contact God. So the Bible right away becomes a book of dead letters. There was such a case. In John 5, the Lord Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. He said, you Pharisees, you Jewish people, research the scriptures, yet you would not come to me. You separate the scripture from me. You think that eternal life is in the scripture. But you have to realize eternal life is me. If you contact the scripture, yet you don't contact me, I tell you, you just contact the dead letters. Life is a living person. And you shouldn't separate the word of God, the scriptures, from this living person. This is the way to handle the word of God. We must remember that the word of God is not just a kind of writing. It is his bread. We must have a continual living, personal, intimate contact with him all the day long. Amen. Then what? Then we live by breathing him. He is in the spirit, and the spirit is embodied in the word. So when we come to the word in the living way, not just in a studying way, but in a breathing way, we are organically connected to him. And whatever he is will be just channeled into our being. Then he and we are just Ron, the Word of God is meaningful and valuable anytime we contact it. But we're seeing that in its essence, it's God's breath. This is something very organic, very living. In stressing that we need to touch the Word in this kind of a living, even organic way, are we then saying that it's not so important to study the Bible? We are certainly not saying that. If I were to, to say to a friend, uh, you need to exercise more, that doesn't mean he doesn't need to also eat properly. The, the illustration is so simple. But in emphasizing one thing, we are not minimizing other things. There are a number of ways we can approach the Bible. We can simply read it. We can uh, pray 
as we read, we can muse or meditate on the Word, or we can study the Word. And we need to do all of these. But however we are handling the Word of God, we should have the realization that when we come to the Word of God, we're also coming to the God of the Word. We're coming to the Lord himself. If we separate the Bible from the Lord, then our contact with the written words of Scripture may not be profitable to us. I am uh, personally familiar with Brother Lee's ministry in considerable detail, and I can assure you a great deal of study, years, actually decades of study, stand behind what appears to be a simple presentation of the Word. We need to be careful, sober, clear-minded students of the Word. So we are wholeheartedly endorsing the study of the Bible. I'd like to emphasize the need to inhale God, to breathe in God through the Bible, which is God-breathed. The crucial matter is that we touch the Lord whenever we touch the Word. We contact God whenever we contact the Word. So we can read the Bible, meditate on the Bible, pray with the Bible, muse on the Bible, and study the Bible, all in the presence of the one to whom the Word of God testifies. Well, Ron, we're going to uh, come to a portion in the Bible, Witnessly will touch it in this coming section, that is, I think, well-known and well-loved by virtually all. And maybe we'll see a characteristic in this portion of the Word, and I'm talking about the Psalms. Let's go to him now. In Ephesians chapter 6, I like these two verses, 17 and 10. According to grammar, the predicate is the word receive. Receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Which Spirit is the Word of God? Then verse 18 is not another sentence. It begins in Greek, dia. That means what? Through or by means of. To receive the Word by means of all prayer means to pray the Word. To pray read Ephesians 6, 17, 18. Receive the word of God by means of all prayer and petition. Prayer is general. Petition is particular. Praying, not only 10 minutes in the morning, but at every time. Just this one practice, it will kill all the germs. And it will bring in all the nourishment. Receive the word by means of all prayer and petition, praying every time in spirit. Then chapter 5 says, Be filled in your spirit. Then, psalming. We need not only to pray, we need to psalm. Not only pray reading, but sing reading and psalm reading. We need to psalm the verses of the Bible. And this is the way you get the nourishment. This is the way, actually, you receive not the riches from the Bible, but the riches of God 
through the Bible. You receive the written of God through the Bible. The Bible, the written word, is just a channel to transport to you, to convey to you the riches of God. So Ephesians says, be filled in your spirit, then you psalm, then you give thanks to the Lord. By this way, you do everything in his name. When you touch the word in such a living way, singing, psalming, praying, thanking, spontaneously, you make yourself fully saturated with Lord himself. Amen. And you make yourself one with him. And you must be, and you will be, a person saturated with the Lord. Then, whatever you do, you do it in his name. We need to realize the psalmist, when they get on the law, they get on the law in this way, in opening up themselves, considering the law as the word, the breath of God. So they contacted God himself. Every psalm is full of the praying spirit and even full of the psalming aspiration. This means by reading the Psalms, I tell spontaneously, they will pray, and they will sing, and that means they will mute upon the Word of God. In this musing, they surely have a kind of a saturating, a kind of permeating, a kind of transfusing of God's divine element into their being. So they didn't get the commandment, they didn't get the requirement, the regulations, but they received the divine supply. So they got saturated, they got mingled, they got fully permeated with the divine person. So whatever they did, it was in the name of God. Because by this kind of a dealing with God's word, they just became one with God. Brother Ron, I'd like to ask you to uh, speculate a little bit, and I usually don't like to do this, and I know you don't like to be asked to speculate, but I'm going to risk it anyway in this case. Of all the books of the Old Testament, most people love the Psalms. Even without having a lot of historical or biblical knowledge, it seems that people always touch something in the Psalms that's fresh, enjoyable. Here's the speculation. Could this be due to the characteristics, as we just heard, of the psalmists themselves and how they approached the Word of God? I agree that one of the reasons is that in reading the psalms, we may touch the godly seeking of the Lord, of the psalmist, and that resonates in our being. We realize that the writers of the psalms were hungry and thirsty for the Lord. But I suspect Chris, that there is a more common reason, and that is people come to the Psalms in a kind of religious, pious, and devotional way, even in a kind of naturally religious way, not fully appreciating what the Psalms reveal concerning God's economy. So there may be a kind of a mixture or a combination here on the one hand, the readers of the Psalms may be rightly responding to the seeking after the Lord evident in so many of the Psalms. And this is a very positive thing. On the other hand, 
It can be our naturally religious nature that would seek some kind of solace in the Psalms. A solace or a comfort that's really short of what the psalmists were seeking. They were not just seeking comfort. They were seeking God. They wanted to contact him. Like Psalm 36 says, With thee is the fountain of life. Thou hast made us drink of the river of thy pleasures. In thy light shall we see light. Well, that's to seek the tree of life in the Psalms. That's to contact the flowing triune God as life and life supply. That is something much higher and richer than simply going to the Psalms when you're lonely or depressed and discouraged and and finding some comfort. I'm not despising that, but I am somewhat depreciating that in comparison to the highest view of the Psalms as a testimony of men and women who really were hungry for God and who appropriated God's word as his breath, as his life supply to his seeking people. I uh, present to you my speculation for whatever profit it might contain. Thank you for indulging me, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We should be persons not only reading the Bible, but praying the Bible, but singing the Bible, psalming the Bible, even giving thanks to God with the Bible. Then, by this kind of a dealing with the Word, God comes into it. Then God functions through the Word. Eventually, all the functions of the Word are the functions of God himself. Firstly, the Word of God gives us light, then it quickens us, it enlivens us, it gives us life. Then, we live by the living word. We live by God. We even live God. Then we do not only need the quickening, but also the restoring. Too many times we got depressed. We got suppressed. You need the restoration. By reading the word, singing the word, by doing this, you're restored. Then bringing man salvation. We need daily salvation. We need even a, a second to second salvation. These are the functions of the living God. How sweet is your word in my mouth. It is sweeter than honey. There is the taste and there is the nourishment. I tell you, only the word, the living word God can keep us always in a good hope and making men to enjoy God as his portion. I sure like this. How could you enjoy God as your portion? You must get into the Word. Christ is the portion of the saint. How could we enjoy him? How could we participate in him? Through the Word. So we must get in the Word in such a living way, in a praying way, psalming way, singing way, and thanking way. Then, the Word of God establishes your footsteps. And then it makes you an overcomer. You will conquer all evil things. The Word of God will make you an overcomer. Who could do this? Only living God. Amen. This must be a living person's function. So we need to contact him. If you don't contact God, 
If you read the Bible, the Bible could never function this way. You must consider it is not the Bible functions. It is the living God whom you contact, whom you receive, with whom you got infused, and with whom you got saturated, and who becomes your life, even who becomes your being, who becomes your person. He functions. He gives you life. He gives you a light. And he upholds you, he strengthens you, he rescues you, he comforts you. Ron, let's look at this verse that Witness Lee touched in Colossians, verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another, with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. It speaks of the word, Ron, almost as a person. It takes a person to indwell or to inhabit. And this very much reinforces what we've been seeing today, doesn't it? That the real value, the real benefit of the Word is when we contact the very person of Christ in a living and personal way through His Word. That uh, was the Lord's understanding Himself. And uh, I'm referring, of course, to John chapter 5, when the Lord Jesus was uh, conversing with some religious people students of the Word, and their way of taking the Word was different from the Lord's way. He said, uh, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them, that is in the Scriptures themselves, you have eternal life. But these are they which testify concerning me, and you will not come to me that you may have life. The reality of the written word is Christ as the living word. So we should always come to him when we come to his word. And then the second matter is uh, a further development of, of the point you raise in your fellowship, that Colossians 3.16 seems to speak of the word as if it were a person. And there are a number of verses which add to that view because the Word really is a person. And the very being of God and attributes of God and the person of God are revealed and, and embodied and are expressed through His Word. The crucial point is this. Don't separate the Word of God from God. If we want the Word to be living in our experience and the tree of life to us, then whether we're reading or praying or meditating or musing or studying the Word, we should always exercise ourselves to contact God as we are coming to the Word. Some may wonder, well, what's the difference? It's a difference of life or death. Paul said the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It is possible to be killed through our way of reading the Bible because we separate it from God and only touch the letter. But it's also possible to touch Spirit and life and be enlivened and revived and supplied and nourished through the Word because we contact the Lord as we contact the Word 
And then to us, the word is what God intends it to be, spirit and life. Ron, this is such a vast, significant topic. I was thinking, we're not trying to be veiled or hidden or in any way less than forthright. It's just this is a mysterious matter. How can the Bible be at one time the spirit giving life at another time, dead letter that could kill us? Uh, How can the Lord at the one time encourage us that the word is full of all knowledge and is good for learning and at the other time say, if you search the scriptures and miss me, you've really missed it. It takes more, I think, than just what we're going to be able to cover in this program today. So I guess we will just invite our listeners back. This is going to be a topic we're going to stay with. Uh, We might as well let them know now for several programs, this matter of the word and God's giving of it and how we receive it and apply it and experience it is uh, a big topic, isn't it? It's a big topic. And it's worth our seeking of the Lord, and it's worth our re-examination of the Word to have a proper understanding of what is the heart of our burden in these series of messages. Well, thank you. Come back again very soon. We'll pick this matter up again. I hope to do that, Chris. And we look forward to it. Today for Ryan Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.